0: Welcome, Nexus Church family, to the new series that we start today called Warrior. Now, when I say the word warrior, the first thing that probably comes to mind, maybe something like strong and energetic, uh, fearless, flawless, perfect, a leader, probably everything that maybe you would see on a gladiator movie or something along those lines. Definitely not something that you would think of as a normal, everyday person like you and I, right? I would never think of myself as a warrior. Yet the Bible is full of people that God considers a warrior for him. Now, they may be strong, but everything that we associate as a warrior is nothing close to what God perceives a warrior as. And so today, we begin in this study just a, a brief synopsis of the life of Joshua, found in the book of Joshua, and we're going to examine who this guy was. So today, we're going to take a, just a brief kind of backlog of where Joshua came from and what brought him to this place in Israel, uh, to the place that they were in the time that this was written. Then we're going to look at his, his characteristics. What makes a warrior truly a warrior? Not in the ways of our world, but in God's kingdom. What makes you and I capable of becoming a warrior? You see, God has placed a dream on you, and that is to be a warrior for his kingdom. Now, a warrior, again, not somebody who gets bloody and fights for things as a flesh and blood kind of a thing. A warrior is a person who is focused, a person who is driven towards the kingdom of God and helping as many people as possible hear about the good news of Jesus. And so my hope and my dream for you is that you as well would be able to become all that God has called you to be. And so today we begin this series by delving into the life of Joshua, taking a little backtrack and investigating the the scenario that he was in. And then we're going to go forward and discover that you just like Joshua, can become a warrior. We'll be diving into the first characteristic today, and that is courage. Every warrior must be courageous. We'll get to that in just a moment. The first, Moses was the leader of Israel in the time that this book was written. Well, Up until the point of this book being written, that is, unfortunately, Moses had a fallout with God. And it seems so insignificant, but it truly was something that every warrior must have. He failed in being courageous and trusting God. And so we go back, and I'm just going to take you through a little tiny journey in three passages today to develop where this story comes from and where Joshua comes into this, this big narrative of the life of Israel. And so Moses, as you may, may well know, was the man who brought the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. And brought them through some magnificent scenarios, including going through the middle of a river while the Egyptians come running and charging after and then get swept away by God's miraculous power and frees Israel for good. He gets them to the desert and He's the one that brings out the, the water for the Israelites to enjoy from God. and He brings out the quail that, that gives them meat and the, the manna that gives them the bread of God. He does all these amazing things. He goes up to the mountain of Sinai and he gets the Ten Commandments and all of the decrees that God gives Israel to be a strong and safe place where God's presence could dwell. But then we get to our passage today. In Numbers chapter 20, verses 1 through 13, where he has a lapse with God, and it costs him dearly. I'm thankful that God is a gracious and forgiving God. But in this moment, Moses rejected God and his power and took things into his own hands. So let's read. The entire Israelite community entered the wilderness of Zin in the first month, and they settled in Kadesh. Miriam died and was buried there. There was no water for the community, so they assembled against Moses and Aaron. The people quarreled with Moses and said, If only we had perished when our brothers perished before the Lord. Why have you brought the Lord's assembly into the wilderness for us and our livestock to die here? Why have you led us from Egypt to bring us to this evil place? It's not a place of grain, figs, vines, and pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. Then Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the doorway of the tent of the meeting. They fell face down, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord spoke to Moses, take the sandals, the staff and the assembly the community. You and your brother Aaron are to speak to the rock while they watch, and it will yield water you will bring out water for them from the rock and provide drink for the community and for their livestock like moses and aaron had to constantly deal with the israelites complaining and whining that you've done this you've done that and if only we would just stayed in israel and would have stayed in slavery like god had had enough of them at times and so did moses and aaron but yet somehow In God's magnificent plan, things weren't thrown out, and they continued. And so now they have this opportunity to follow through and perform what God asked them to. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence just as he had commanded him. Moses and Aaron summoned the assembly in front of the rock, and Moses said to them, Listen, you rebels, must we bring water out of this rock for you? Issue number one. Must we, as if he is responsible. Then Moses raised his hand and struck the rock twice with his staff, so the abundant water gushed out, and the community and their livestock drank. Bad day. Bad day. God asked them to raise their hand, and he would provide. Moses said, must I, must we, me and Aaron, provide for you. And so then he proceeded to strike the rock as if he was the one who had the power to or not to. He was the one to get the credit. He was the one that ultimately didn't trust God to follow through, didn't have the courage to wait and see that God would provide, even though God had provided many times without Moses doing a thing. So the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me to demonstrate my holiness in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring the assembly into the land I have given them. These are the waters of Meribah where the Israelites quarreled with the Lord and he demonstrated his holiness to him. Moses could not trust. And so it was at that moment that God said, your mantle use old terms your position has been removed i am going to put it on another your days are over you were a mighty warrior you lost it and the result you will not enter into the promised land the man who had done so much for God's kingdom. Freeing them. Going up to, to the Egyptian pharaoh. Multiple times. And proclaiming. With trembling hands. And shaking knees. Let my people go. <laughs> Wouldn't to enter into that promised land. That he fought so hard for. He wasn't courageous. In the time. That seems so minor compared to the other things. And so from that time, there arose another man there. God always provides, right? We think that Moses is done. What are we going to do? There will never be another Moses. In fact, God's word says that. Like, there was never another man like Moses. (laughs) What are we going to do? Well, lo and behold, we have a, a warrior, a leader in the making. A leader who trusted God. And we see him first in the accounts of the Israelites and the 12 tribes who would enter in and spy out the promised land. This is found in Numbers chapter thirteen. I'll read the first two verses, and then we'll skip down to verse twenty-five just to save a little bit of time. The Lord spoke to Moses, "Send men to scout out the land of Canaan. I'm giving to the Israelites. Send one man who is the leader among them from each of their ancestral tribes." And so there was twelve tribes, and so Moses sends out twelve men who are the pinnacle of their people groups right you're talking about people groups of hundreds of thousands at this point send one out from the best of them to go scope out the land the ones that you know will be honest and will see things the way god sees them they are the true men of those tribes and at the end of 40 days, verse 25, they returned from scouting out the land, right? They looked at everything. Wow, this is awesome. The men went back to Moses and Aaron and the entire Israelite community in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. They brought, they brought back a report for them and the whole community, and they showed them the fruit of the land. They reported to Moses, We went out into the land where you sent us. Indeed, it is flowing with milk and honey. And here are some of its fruits, right? Everything that God said. It's true. This is amazing. We've been wandering in the desert now for weeks. We finally see it. Oh, this is great. I can't wait. However, the people living in the land are strong, and the cities are large and fortified. We also saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites are living in the land of Negev, and the Hethites, the Jebusites, the Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites lived by the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people in the presence of Moses and said, let's go up now and take possessions of the land because we can certainly conquer it. The men who had gone up with him responded, we can't attack the people because they are stronger than we are. So they gave a negative report to the Israelites about the land they had scouted. The land we had passed through to explore is one that devours its inhabitants. And all the people we saw in it are men of great size. We even saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim to ourselves. We seem like grasshoppers. We have, must have seen the same to them. And then, of course, with Caleb, was Joshua, with the same report. We can conquer we can do it. let's go now. What courage? What courage They were willing. Ten of the twelve saw only the impossible. Caleb and Joshua, they saw the problem as an opportunity of what God can do, what God could perform. God is the God of the impossible. Look at all he's done. Man, if he conquered the Egyptians, the most powerful country in the face of the earth at that time, he could do anything. What are we afraid of? Let's go. This is the promised land. And here's what God responded in chapter 14, verses 28 through 33 in the book of Numbers. And I'll tell them this as sure assuredly as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. You will all drop dead in the wilderness. Because you complained against me, every one of you who is twenty years old or older, and was included in the registration, will die. You will not enter into Occupy the land I swore to give you. The only exceptions will be Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, son of Nun. You said your children would be carried off as plunder. Well, I will bring them safely into the land, and they will enjoy what you have despised. But as for you, you will drop dead in the wilderness, and your children will be like shepherds, wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. In this way, they will pay for your faithlessness until the last of you lies in the wilderness. <laughs> what a sad example of one's mindset becoming reality. This is what happens when we allow the negativity of the voices around us crowd out what God tells us. What God promises in his word. The commands God gives. And we say, nah, I'm not going to. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to follow that. I'm not going to believe that. I'm not going to practice that. God's ways are archaic. I know better. I'm going to follow those experts. I'm going to follow that person who knows it all. I like what they're doing. I'm going to meddle a little bit of culturing with my Jesus. Or I'm going to follow that great, uh, maybe, Motivational speaker. What does God's word say? Follow it. Because it will become reality if you don't. It would take 40 years to finally get rid of all the negativity. Now, they tried, right? They tried to say, no, we're going to go do it. And they failed miserably. So for 40 years they wandered until finally the day that was promised. The day Moses would go up to the mountainside and look out and then he would say as a representative of God. So the Moses, so Moses appealed to the Lord. This is Numbers 27, verse 15. May the Lord, the God who gives breath to all, appoint a man over the community. Moses understood his time was done. It's time for somebody to rise up. Who will go up before them and who will bring them out and bring them And so the Lord's community won't be like sheep without a shepherd. The Lord replied to Moses, Take Joshua, son of Nun, a man who has the spirit in him, and lay your hands on him. Have him stand before the priest Eleazar and the whole community and commission him in their sight. Confer some of your authority on him so that the entire Israelite community will obey him. He will stand before the priest Eleazar, who will consult the Lord for him, with the decision of the Urim. He and all the Israelites with him, even the entire community will go out and come back at his command. Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He took Joshua, had him stand before the priest Eleazar and the entire community, laid his hand on him and commissioned him as the Lord had spoken to Moses. There was a pretty powerful statement that was made in that commissioning section. The spirit was in Joshua. Whatever happened to Caleb? We're not really 100% sure what brought Joshua above Caleb. Now, Caleb entered into the land. He, He ended up having a part in the promised land. Right? He got pieces of it, just like everybody else did, but he kind of faded away. I think it's because the Spirit was in Joshua. After 40 years of wandering, maybe Caleb lost it, but God had stayed faithful to his promise. I don't know. We can assume a lot of things, right, in this text, but one thing we know, the Spirit was in Joshua. Joshua, after 40 years of faithfully serving under Moses, after 40 years of watching his co-partners in spying out the land pass away, family members passing away, anybody 20 years or older, when he went in, passed away. There was nothing left. And every year wondering, is God gonna follow through on his promise, or we're we not gonna enter it? Like all of the doubts, not knowing. And so then we come to the passage where we see Joshua becoming the warrior God had. 40 years of wandering, 40 years of waiting, and now was his time. And here is God speaking to Joshua, just like he did to Moses, the former warrior of God who he failed, and we all do. And he has a great testimony and many things that we can be modeled after, but his time was done. and Now was Joshua's time what does God speak to him? I think this is, this is perfect for anybody listening today. You may not consider yourself a warrior, but God looks down upon you. And if you have a heart for him and you desire to follow him and do what he says and, and continuously seeking him, you are a warrior. You are a warrior. And I want you to take that and run with it and stop running away from what God has called you to and go forward. Bring that kingdom to the world. That is is who we are. We are warriors for God's kingdom. We are to take this message that Jesus left us and proclaim it, bring it to the ends of the world, teach it, make disciples. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a mighty leader. You just have to say, yes, you are a warrior. You are a son and daughter of the Most High. You are a king. You're a queen. So when I read this, take this to heart. This is a proclamation for you and for me. Joshua 1, 1. After the death of Moses... The Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over to the Jordan, to the land I'm giving the Israelites. I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Your territory will be from the wilderness and Lebanon to the great river, the Euphrates River. In all the land of the Hittites, in west of the Mediterranean Sea, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you or abandon you. This is for you. I will not leave you or abandon you. I will be with you. Be strong and courageous for you will distribute The land I swore to their fathers to give them as inheritance. I will give it to you, the land. The land of the unsaved is yours. The people who yet to have heard, they're yours. You have a job to do. You are a warrior. Take it. Take it. I've given it to you. Above all, be strong and very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so you will have success wherever you go. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate it on day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. Haven't I commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Sounds like a broken record, did not it? Repeatedly. 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 God tells them, be strong and courageous. Be courageous. Be courageous. So what does it take to be courageous? What does it take to be courageous? I don't feel courageous many times. <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's just me. But I feel very uneasy regularly. I feel timid. I feel weak. I feel like I don't have a, I don't have a whole lot to, to stand upon. I don't have the wisdom that other people have. I don't have, have the right words. I, I, I'm not a confident person. How can I have courage? Well, I want to begin by examining this passage, in particular in Joshua's situation. The first thing we have to understand is courage is developed over time, right? Courage is developed over time. This wasn't something that Joshua just went, boom, I'm ready, right? It took 40 years, four decades of wandering. Four decades of being developed. He had courage on the onset, absolutely. Like, let's go, let's conquer that land. We're going to do it because God said so. But he didn't jump in to be a leader immediately, did he? We don't hear anything from him. <laughs> four decades. Courage is developed over time. And it is with God as the foundation. What was repeated multiple times there, at least three times, what did it say? Be strong and courageous for what? Be strong and courageous for I. This is God speaking. Be strong and courageous. I. I have commanded you. I have commanded you. You are not strong and courageous because of you because of how much education you have, because of how much money you have or how much power you have in whatever place you find yourself. You are strong and courageous because God. He is the foundation. Be strong in Him. Don't be cocky, right? Don't be proud or obnoxious or whatever it might be. Be strong in God. That's humble. Because you are like, God, if you don't show up, ah, I don't have it. I don't have it. I I, I just... Right? That's humility that God is strong. I can know what he's gonna do. I just know that he can and he will. I'm just gonna go forward. That's kind of what he did. He's strong and courageous, and, and Joshua's like, I sure hope this works. Didn't work too well for Moses. Tried to take it in his own hands. That's why I'm just gonna trust you, God. So it's developed over time with God as a foundation. Secondly, courage is not the absence of fear. It's not the absence of fear. It's choosing to live by faith in spite of it. It's choosing to live by faith in spite of the fear. (laughs) There's no doubt that Joshua faced doubts in this process, right? Wandering for 40 years without ever being recognized that we're aware of. He was just Moses' assistant. Moses says, go get water. Okay. Moses says, uh, go take care of that person. Okay. Like, not a whole lot of recognition in here. Moses got a lot of recognition this time, and, well, we see a lot of his ups and downs within it. That's all we got. Moses and Aaron. Moses and Aaron. Josh's like, yeah, I'm over here. Um I think. I think I'm going to be the only one left when you guys pass on. Like, it's it's me and Caleb, and I don't know what happened to Caleb. He was here, and he was the one saying, let's go, let's conquer. And I'm not sure where he went. Right? He had doubts. He had questions. He had to sit with the people's lack of passion and desire for God. Like, it was just him. Moses had it. But Moses was like, I don't get it no more. Please, God, please let me back in. Let me be the leader that takes him in. God's like, nope. So here, here's here's possibly Joshua, the only one with the fire of God left in him, wandering for 40 years, serving a guy who's had his authority taken away from him. And he has to wait. Will God follow through? Will this actually happen? Will I die with him? What's going to happen? I don't know. Waiting, worrying, loss of hope were around him. What did that text say? The Spirit of God was with him. It remained. I think that's the only thing that separated Joshua from everybody. he, He didn't let that Spirit of God die inside. He kept it on. He had all the issues like everybody else. But courage was in him. It remained in him because he trusted God. That spirit was alive. He had courage. He wasn't going to back down. He had courage. (sighs) Emotions, worry, hopelessness, doubt. They're going to constantly come against you, friend. But a warrior of Jesus remembers God's promises. We'll talk much more about that in later weeks, but I I want you to hold on to that throughout this series. There is something important about remembering what God had done. That's what keeps that spirit alive inside of you. I believe that's what kept Joshua going forward. He remembered God's promises. He didn't forget, and that's scattered throughout all the Bible. God always says, remember, remember what I've done. Remember, remember these promises. Don't forget them. Tie them around. Remember them. Don't let go. Don't let go. Nelson Mandela said it this way. He said, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. It's been said that every warrior or every person who does anything for God's kingdom, every warrior has the greatest fear of failure. I you feared failure before. But every warrior's greatest pain is regret. Every warrior's greatest fear is failure, but every warrior's greatest pain is regret. I know so many people who allowed fear to dictate their choice, and they regret it for the rest of their life. They regret that they didn't stick it out, press through, not give up. Joshua, his courage was based on God, and it helped him fight through fear so he wouldn't live without regret. His courage was based on God, what he had done, and that helped him fight through the fear so he wouldn't live a life of regret. Moses, regretted it from the point on he was crying out to God repeatedly, God, please forgive me. Please give me another chance so I can enter into the promised land. And God said, no, he would regret it for the rest of his life. that he didn't trust God and have courage and do what God said. He took matters into his own hands. So the Holy Spirit. That spirit inside of remembering, of not forgetting what God had done. That is important if you're going to be a warrior. And that courage. And then lastly, courage comes from using the sword of God. So courage, again, is developed over time with God as the foundation. Courage is not the absence of fear, but it's choosing to live by faith in the spite of it, right? Courage develops over time. Courage is not the absence of fear, but of living in spite of it, living by faith in spite of it. And then lastly, courage comes through using the sword of God. Now, maybe you didn't catch it, but I think many probably did, that what was tied to be strong and courageous every time It kind of came back to one thought. Be strong and courageous for I. Strong and courageous for I. But tied with that, do not depart from the command of Moses. Now, the command of Moses, of course, what God gave Moses on Sinai for how his people are to live, right? It's the Ten Commandments. It's all the proclamations that came from that. Now, three distinctions we're tied to that don't depart from the, mo- the commands I gave Moses. And the first one is carefully observe. Carefully observe. God was looking at Joshua and said, carefully observe. Think them through, process them. How does that impact your life? And then live it out. So carefully observe them. Know them well and live them out. Number two, they must not depart from your mouth. These words that I gave to Moses for the people that live by, they must not depart from your mouth. Continue to proclaim them, right? Go back to that, that, remember, remember, remember them. Don't forget them. Proclaim them. Tell them. And then lastly, meditate on them day and night. Continue to dwell on them. This is a mindset thing, right? Don't lose them. Dwell on them. Know them. Study them. And live them out. Live them out. So how do you become a warrior? It begins by having courage, which is based, of course, on trust. And this takes time. This takes time and must be based on confidence in God and His promises. It must be confident in God and His promises. Well, as we wrap up today's message, I want to leave you with one (laughs) hard question that I want you to process for, for the rest of the day, at least, and maybe for this week and beyond. And that question is, What is one thing you would do if you didn't fear failure? What is one thing you would do if you didn't fear failure? go to a person that you have a conflict with? Would you take a shot at doing that dream that you've always dreamt of doing? That was a leap of faith. Would you go to college? Would you move away from home? Would you go into the mission field? What would that be for you? that God put in your heart and said, no, that's yeah, too much. God has placed so many big dreams on people's hearts. And because of their lack of trust in God and their fear of their inabilities and strengths and skills and knowledge, they've said no. So I'll ask you again, what is the one thing you would do if you didn't fear Let me end with one passage that I want you to dwell on this week. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but a power of love and self-discipline. When you open yourself up to the Holy Spirit, let him speak to you and find courage to be the warrior God has called you to be. Go all out for him. Don't hold back. It may be scary. It may be risky. It may be beyond anything you ever thought you could ever do, but it's so worth it because when you get to the end of your life, you will have lived a life of no regrets. And at the end of my life, I don't want to be held back because of my fear. Because I said, I can't do it. I don't know how. I've tried. I've failed. I'm giving up. Don't ever give up. Don't pull back on that gas pedal. And stop going the direction God has for you. He loves you. He desires so much for you, and he will fight for you. He will be ahead of you. He will be behind you. He has more that are on your side than on the enemy's side. Don't give up. Don't lose hope. God will bring you through. Father, I pray for every person listening today. I pray that they will get inside of them the spirit, Father, that that Joshua had. They will rise up. They will have courage. They will know that you will be with them. That they will be patient and let you bring them through this season, maybe of waiting, of developing, but that they won't give up. They won't stop preparing themselves. They won't stop going forward, even though everything looks dry, maybe, and like there's not not much moving, God, that they just won't stop. They will continue to progress. They will continue to believe that what you put on their heart will come to pass, that they won't. Miss those opportunities and step aside because of fear, God. They'll keep pressing through. They'll work through their insecurities. They'll work through their their areas that need development, that are hard. They'll keep pressing, God. They'll keep pressing. Holy Spirit, breathe life into them now. Right now. Across the screen or the radio or the headphones, whatever they're listening to or watching. Breathe into them belief again. They've got this. Rise up. Be a strong warrior for God's kingdom. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today, Nexus Church family. Tune in next week, and we'll go on to week two, and what does it take to be a warrior? We'll see you again this week.